This podcast was recorded Thursday, February 23rd at 10.03 a.m. Things may have changed by the time you hear it. Yeah, like the Fox News hosts will come clean and publicly say the stolen election claims are false, just like they wrote in text messages. They lied, huh? Text messages never lie. <laughs> Let's talk politics. This is Snollygoster, WOSU Public Media's weekly look at Ohio politics and all those Snollygosters or shrewd politicians out there. I'm Steve Brown. And I'm Mike Thompson. Well, Ohio voters may get the chance to decide the abortion issue. Abortion rights supporters this week took the first step in the long and difficult process of trying to change the Ohio Constitution. That's right. They submitted a summary and the full text of their proposed amendment. It's called the Right to Reproductive Freedom with Protections for Health and Safety. A lot of of words there. Uh, The amendment would enshrine an individual right to an abortion in the state constitution, along with other health issues, including contraception and fertility treatments, as well as miscarriage care. A key part of the amendment is when the state would be allowed to regulate, that is, ban abortion. The amendment would allow the state to regulate abortion after the point of fetal viability. That's the standard that stood as part of the Roe decision, and it's generally considered to be at about 22 to 24 weeks into a pregnancy. The amendment would also allow for abortions later in a pregnancy to protect the life or health of the woman. Attorney Jesse Hill, who is involved with the campaign, says politicians should not dictate decisions women make in those areas of their lives. This amendment will finally stop the extremist politicians who have passed harmful laws time and again and who continually seek to insert themselves in the private decisions of patients and doctors. On the other side, Ohio Right to Life President Mike Gonadakis says the wording on the amendment is too vague and will eliminate restrictions on abortion. They claim viability, but then the next line says, but it's up to the doctor and the woman, whatever they want to do. So at the end of the day, it does allow through abortion up through the ninth month. Now, according to the Ohio Department of Health, in 2021, 98% of Ohio abortions occurred before the 19th week of pregnancy. That is, of course, before fetal viability. The Ohio Attorney General now has 10 days to determine if the ballot summary is fair and truthful. If Dave Yost approves, then it goes to the Ohio Ballot Board for approval. And if both of those things happen, the group will then need to collect 413,000 valid and verified petition signatures. And they have to do that before July 5th in order to make the November ballot. Joining us now to discuss the proposed amendment is one of the leaders of the effort, Dr. Sri Thakalapati. She directs a clinic that provides abortions in Cleveland and is a member of the group Ohioans for Reproductive Freedom. Dr. Thakalapati, welcome to Snollygoster. Oh, hi. Thanks, Steve and Mike, for having me on. I'm really excited to be on and talk about um, the ballot amendment we just filed. There's a lot of energy around this, and I really appreciate you uh, having us on so we can talk about this. All right, let's get right into it. You know, as we were awaiting abortion rights supporters to start this effort and to propose the amendment, the thing we were waiting for was uh, where along the process of a pregnancy would the state be allowed to regulate, that is, ban abortion? And your groups have chosen the point of viability, same as the Roe standard. How did you come to that decision? Mike, thank you for asking that question. Um, you know, this is a, something that is a common sense regulation, one, as you mentioned, that Roe upheld, um, and one that reflects the will of the people. 
Did you have discussions about not having any uh, point of restriction or, or having, did you have discussions that maybe 12 weeks or 15 weeks would be the, the preferred uh, point in a pregnancy as many Western European countries have in their, in their regulations? You know, our goal with this amendment is to return the ability to make decisions about, um, about reproductive health to patients and physicians and to um, limit the ability of government to dictate those decisions. So, you know, that's a great question about what people find acceptable. You know, what we're really focused on with this amendment is that we know people want to be able to make decisions about their own lives and that the government shouldn't be able to dictate those things. Um, and that was the guiding principle around drafting the ballot amendment language. Then why not have any restrictions at all? Why did you, why did you put the point of viability in there? You know, this is again a common sense restriction that was um, upheld with Roe, um, and I think one which um, which reflects what most Ohioans um, understand and need. So it's more likely to pass, probably. Quite frankly. Yes, we hope so. You know, we think that um, anything that limits the ability of government to dictate people's decisions about their reproductive health and their reproductive lives is something that Ohioans broadly support. Um, and yes, we, we believe that there's broad support for this. We know this just from collecting signatures this weekend. You know, we needed a thousand to file and we had an outpouring of support. We collected 7,000 signatures in 48 hours. Um, so we know that this amendment is, is um, something that people want to pass. The exception for the life and health of the woman, how, how will that be determined? And could that be interpreted mm -hmm. differently, allowing for an abortion in the later weeks of a pregnancy? That's what critics of this amendment have already said. We mentioned at the top that abortions that late in a pregnancy are very rare, but that is an argument mm -hmm. they have. So how will how will that be determined? How will how will the legal system determine if, in fact, the woman's life was in danger? You know, that's a great question. Um, you know, this is a real common tactic that's been used um, by anti-abortion groups for decades. Um, the vast majority of abortions happen in the first trimester of pregnancy. And as you mentioned at the top of the show, 98% um, in Ohio happen before 19 weeks. Um, what this amendment does is it gives the ability to make those determinations to the patient and their physician. And it takes that ability out of the hands of government officials who really don't have uh, medical training and aren't able to make those kind of calls. Uh, sometimes the original summary language that, that groups like yours hand over to the attorney general's office is rejected and they have to start again. Uh, mm -hmm. what, what steps have, have you taken to prevent that? You know, this might be a little bit in the weeds, but if you could really talk about the crafting of this language and steps that were taken to make sure it passes legal muster. You know, we um, we worked with some of the um, attorneys that work on reproductive rights in Ohio, 
and made this a very common sense language that everyone can understand. Of course, we can't control what the attorney general will do. Um, our um, focus when we drafted this language was to give the most power to the people of Ohio. Um, and we know that it will go through some political machinations. We're ready for that. Um, I don't think there was a, any way we could prevent um, or control the behavior of the OG the best we could do. Um, and I think we've done this in this great amendment. I think, the again, the, the signatures that we got reflect this, is that it makes sense to people. It's something that people understand, and it gives broad reproductive freedoms um, to the vast majority of Ohioans and puts the ability to make those decisions in the hands of Ohioans and their physicians. You're sort of hinting at it, but I want to get directly at it. Do you have concerns that our Republican Attorney General Dave Yost, who is an outspoken critic of abortion, could try to um, put tougher scrutiny on this, if you will, to have it rejected? Yes, we believe that there um, uh, there may be some um intention to change the language you know that's a normal process it happens with both sides um and ballot language is is usually changed and revised so we're expecting that um to be part of the process mm-hmm. uh, you need now let's assume it gets through that gets through the ballot board you would need at least 413,000 signatures by the beginning of, the, of July in reality you need probably to collect double that number to make sure that you get enough of the valid mm-hmm. signatures. Uh, do you have the money in the organization to do that? You know, that's a great question. Um, we just filed. Uh, we're really excited. I think um, there's really a lot of will in Ohio to pass this amendment to protect reproductive freedoms. And, um, you know, that's something that we are Um, just at the first steps of working through. And I hope that you guys will um, consider having our organizing director um, on later in later in the um, process, because we really are um, geared up for this fight. We know that it's going to be time intensive, cost intensive, um, but we're all in, we're committed. but we're still, you know, we're early stages and I'm yeah. one member of this huge coalition. No, we understand. Um, and I, I do hope that you'll keep keep us, um, you know, keep following up on our campaign because I think we'll have those answers for you a little further down the road. Yeah, we talked to uh, the Ohio Right to Life director, our State House correspondent talked to the Ohio Right to Life director, mm-hmm. Mike Gonadakis, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing a bit here, but he said this is going to be uh, the nastiest, most expensive cam- ballot campaign in Ohio history. He said it'll make the casino issue look like child's play. And so it's, it sounds like they're really ready for a fight as well. Why did you go with this November, an odd year? You know, usually an election to decide local races like mayor and city council. Why did you choose 2023 instead of 2024 when there would be much higher turnout during a presidential election? You know, we really wanted to take this issue to the people. Um, We're going to do our best to do this expeditiously. um, And that's the thinking around um, getting it on the ballot this year. Um, Again, you know, we're committed to this campaign. This is what we're pushing for. um, And the idea is to get this in front of Ohioans um, and stop the kind of, you know, 
government dictates that that make it so hard for people to get access to this basic human right in Ohio. You had to have been concerned about this talk of increasing the threshold to 60 percent mm-hmm. for voter approved amendments to the Constitution. That had to be a calculus in your in your in your timing, correct? Yes, that's definitely one of the you know, we're committed to fighting against HJR one, which is what you're referring to. Mm-hmm. Um, we are concerned. I mean, this is an anti on its face, anti-democratic. Um, you know, we live in a state where there's severe gerrymandering. Our legislature have shown that they'll do whatever they want to keep their keep power. And this is yet another um, measure that is anti-democratic. Um, and we are our coalition is committed to fighting against HJR one. And certainly, you know, we we want to um, get it you know, get, move expediently. Um, but we also don't believe that HJR1 um, will pass. You know, it is it is not the will of the people in Ohio. And I think Ohioans are smart. It just on its face is not democratic. And Ohioans don't want that. You know, we have a sense of fair play. You've hired the firm Mission Control to help you in this campaign. At least that's what's been reported. It's worked on campaigns that defeated abortion bans in Kansas and Kentucky. It has offices in Washington, D.C., Connecticut, Colorado, and California. Critics are already saying this is an out-of-state group trying to change Ohio's constitution. How do you rebut that? You know, I think that's, again, a distraction from the real issue here. Our coalition, Ohioans for Reproductive Freedom, is grassroots groups that have been in Ohio for decades. You know, it's Planned Parenthood of Ohio, preterm, which is in Cleveland, and we opened in 1974. Um, So, you know, this idea that it's out of state interest, I would like to see um, how many of our legislature gets get contributions from out of state. I think this is a distraction from the real issue, which is that we have a gerrymandered state where the will of the people on this abortion issue is not realized. Um, the allegation that this is out of state interest really is not reflected. If you look at the members for Ohioans for Reproductive Freedom, we're all Ohio-based organizations that have been here for decades. Um, you, you and s- we know what people in Ohio want because of that. You say we are a gerrymandered state. We certainly do have a very gerrymandered legislature. But Ohio is still very much a red state right now. Republicans <laughs> consistently win every statewide office. You have to have real concerns about this not passing. I mean, it, it did pass in Michigan yeah. recently, but this is Ohio's a more conservative state than Michigan. You're you're this is a bit of a roll of the dice here. You know, I think that what the midterm elections showed is that abortion wins in red states, it wins in purple states, it wins in blue states. It's a nonpartisan issue. And I'll tell you from preterm, um, you know, we see people from every county in Ohio. Um, we know that this is a service that Ohioans need, and we know that this is something that Ohioans support. Um, and I don't, I don't think that the, I think what, what the midterms showed is that abortion is not a partisan issue. Um, so whether or not we have a re- Republican majority in the state, this is a question about um, freedom from the government, about basic human rights, and those are nonpartisan issues that um, we are confident about taking to the poll. 
You know, Roe was decided in 1973. This debate has really been very intense since that point. The Dobbs decision further inflamed the debate. A lot of folks are looking for this issue to be settled somehow, once and for all. And I tend to think that voter initiatives and ballots might just do that. So will this settle this issue once and for all? If your side wins, abortion would be legal up to the point of viability. But if your side loses, would you concede and allow the state to to regulate abortion as the legislature sees fit? You know, I think we are a coalition of people that sees that this is uh, a need in people's lives. Um, And abortion in, you know, it has a long history, centuries long history of regulation in the United States. Um, uh, This is a basic human right. This is something that we're going to continue to fight for, regardless of, um, you know, how long it will take. And we're confident that we're going to win. We're confident that we're going to win. Dr. Sri Thakalapati is part of the coalition of groups trying to amend the state constitution to uh, guarantee access to abortion care up to the point of fetal viability. They unveiled their proposed ballot language this week. Doctor, thanks again for joining Snollygoster. Oh, thanks so much for having me. Okay, take care. We'll be right back. Race might be a hot topic right now, but for so many of us, talking about race is nothing new. On the Code Switch podcast from NPR, we go beyond the headlines and we go deep. Listen now. All right, welcome back to Snolly Goster. We want to mention that uh, next week, Mike Ganadakis from Ohio Right to Life will join us for our Snolly Goster episode next week. So we will get their side of the story in this, uh, what will be a very fierce debate, should it get on the ballot. Yeah, it was one of, if not the main story of 2022. And here in Ohio, probably will be one of, if not the biggest stories in 2023. So we'll, we'll continue to follow, including, as you say, with Mike Gonadakis next week. I have to say that I think the language, I mean, I'm not a lawyer and I'm not a political consultant, but the language is pretty simple on the mm-hmm. amendment. The summary is fairly clear. I think that they have kept it simple, which should help their chances of getting it on the ballot. We'll see what the Davios says. Maybe there's something yeah. there that we're not seeing, but it's pretty clear. It's very similar to the Michigan Amendment. And the voters will decide. And then it'll be all settled, as you said. It'll, ne- it'll never be settled. It. It'll, people will work. I think it will be eventually, but it's going to take a while. I don't even know if it'll ever be settled eventually. I think there will always be groups working on the fringes, no matter what the major precedent is. I think it's always going to be an issue. But yeah. anyway, time now for our Snollygoster of the Week segment. That's where we honor the shrewdest politician or political move of the week. And this week it goes to all the politicians and federal officials blasting Norfolk Southern Railroad after that now infamous derailment in East Palestine. They all say more needs to be done to increase regulations on railroads, mandate breaking improvements, increase staffing, demand more notification. But they have all had the chance to do just that, and they didn't. That's right. Former President Trump blocked safety proposals started during the Obama administration. Current President Biden imposed a rail workers contract that does not include paid sick days for workers. Yep, but they're all going to fix it now. So Snolly Gosters of the Week for yeah. pointing fingers at each other, but we'll, we'll, we, we will see if any meaningful change comes. It, it, it tends to happen after the fact, which is um, a sad uh, reality. But Or it doesn't happen and we all yeah, forget about it. That's right. That will do it for this week's edition of Snolly Goster, which is part of the NPR Network. 
As always, be sure to leave us a good review on Apple Podcasts or wherever else you might get your podcast. And please, word of mouth, just tell your friends about us. For our student producer, Katie Genius, our audio producer, Eric French, and our digital producer, Michael DeBonis, I'm Steve Brown. And I'm Mike Thompson for Snollagoster from WOSU Public Radio.